1: Rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps.
0: Hey y'all, we are at Slamdance, which normally we would be doing Slamdance and Sundance at the same time. But since we're still in a pandemic, uh, Slamdance is doing their film festival virtually. So this is our first interview during Slamdance with the team from Bleeding Audio. And hopefully this is the first of many for Slamdance. Enjoy.
1: Talking about the narrative documentary Bleeding Audio with the film's director, Chelsea Krister, and of the band The Matches, Mr. Justin Sansusi. Thank you guys so much for being here.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and we got to say, you know, we're based in the Bay. We have Bay Area represent with this film. We're so proud that you're, again, putting Oakland on the map and and showing what an impact Oakland has had on the music scene. So first off, thank you for this film. Uh, Chelsea, if you want to give us a quick intro for our listeners who haven't seen it yet. Yeah,
3: absolutely. So Bleeding Audio is a music documentary. It is uh, about the band The Matches, but it's a little bigger than that. We use their, you know, ups and downs of their career to tell the Bigger story of how the industry has changed for musicians in a digital era, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild
1: ride. <laughs> yeah, I saw a little bit of behind the scenes uh, interview with you, Chelsea, and, and you mentioned that the band didn't think they were interesting enough for a documentary. Is this right, <laughs> Justin? Can you talk about her approaching you to make this a feature length, and and your apprehension? And I I, I can't understand why. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean I mean when somebody comes to you and says they want to make a movie you 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 just are uh, your first thought is why? <laughs> <laughs> so I I think we were we we're definitely caught off guard um cuz I mean at that point like we we're like well we, you know we weren't the big band you know we were you know we were kind of like a mid-level uh indie indie punk band so you know I it was difficult to see what the story was going to be at that point. We were just like, hey, we're just, we're just a bunch of nerds. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's so true. It was so funny too because um, it, it really was me kind of seeing this bigger story with them. And um, I, I mean, they were very generous in, in giving me access. That's often a documentary filmmaker's biggest hurdle is getting access to the subjects whose stories they want to tell um but you know the kind of attitude was like well it's your time that's what you want to do <laughs> and I mean honestly like the humility that this band has like it shows in um you know it's not necessarily a spoiler but when they were booking their reunion shows they were like "Ooh, is uh this is some bay area inside info but they were like oh is, is bottom of the hill too big like is that, wow. you know, so they were going <laughs> to like the smaller. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. so
0: small. Yeah. Like
3: a 250 cap room. And they were going to, they were going to book, um, bottom of the hill. And then they are like, Oh, what about Slims? And I was like, guys, the Fillmore, obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they still were like, no, there's no way that's going to happen. Well, four sold out shows later. Right. Who right. was right
0: right yeah and i exactly of course um and i want to talk about all of the footage chelsea Do you want to go there? Is that is that like therapy? Yeah, PTSD still. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think there's just so much
3: footage on the cutting room floor that, um, you know, if there's anyone who has more patience than I do and wants to cut something together, by all means, you're more than welcome. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's just I mean, we filmed every reunion show. So, um, you know, that is at least, you know, 90 minutes per per night there. And, um, you know, we did 55 interviews for the film, which is a lot, I think about 34 of them made the final cut. Uh, So there were a lot of faces, a lot of people that we interviewed. And um, there's just so much, uh, just so so much story that, uh, that hasn't quite hit the final film, you know, so it's like a lot of documentary filmmakers have tabulated their hours, I don't, do not compute or relate to that because there's just so many hours of footage that um I, I mean i can tell you in gigabytes we've got 16 gigabytes or sorry terabytes 16 terabytes of footage wow um so
1: <laughs> it's a lot mm-hmm. yeah and on the topic of the interviews you really have some some big name rock icons talking about the matches and their impact so uh Chelsea, for you, were, were there any names that you reached out to, and you're just kind of like, "This is a glory pass, we'll see," and they said yes, and you're like, "What?" And then, <laughs> and then for Justin, what is it like hearing these these musical icons talk about your music in in such a powerful way? If, if Chelsea, you want to start.
3: Ooh, I'll, I'll I'll start. I'll keep it brief. Um, yeah, there were. I mean, honestly, I was just so grateful for the time, and um, it's just also the people who did participate. Uh, you know, Mark Hoppus, Nick Hexum, uh, Cassidy Pope, uh, Justin Pierre. Like, you know, these. It's such a testament to the matches that, like, these specifically Mark and Nick too. Like, these music industry giants, um, you know, had so much wonderful things, so many wonderful things to say about them. And um, it, yeah, it's just a testament to them and and their professionalism and them being a hardworking band that they, you know, that they even bothered. And um, I mean, honestly, like a couple of these interviews literally came from like Twitter cold calls, like just one day, because I technically had Mark's email address, but he wasn't like I didn't hear anything back. But just one day I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. And I just like, just like (laughs) tweeted at him. And I was like, hey, I'm making a, a matches documentary. You want in? And almost instantly he got back and was just like, absolutely. I mean, it took another year to schedule it after that but um still yeah it was and the same thing happened with Cassidy Pope you know I had heard that she um had befriended the band uh while on Warp Tour and that she was a fan and I didn't realize how big of a fan she was and I also cold called her on Twitter and just said hey like do you want to be a part of this story and she got back to me instantly you know so Twitter huh wild right Yeah, social media for good sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. sometimes. Uh, But so no, it it just it meant a lot, and again, is a testament to Justin. So I'll let him kind of talk to talk about that. Justin. Yeah, and
2: and this kind of plays off of the 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 being surprised that you'd want to make a movie about us, Um, but then you know, ten years later, having you know, uh, Mark Hoppus and Nick Hexum. Uh, from 311 like do the interview it's it's like you're like oh we're not we're not interesting why would you make a movie about us and then it's like oh these people are going to be interviewing for the film like oh maybe maybe there was something there (laughs) like yeah so it was it it was kind of a validating in a way to like have everybody that we kind of worked work with through the years uh be so supportive and kind of come out and and participate it was it was really it was really awesome
0: and um a question about the filmmaking and also then justin you guys seeing the film after it's put together was were there moments where you guys um came in and sort of collaborated on the editing or that was just left to chelsea and then you saw the end product like how did that work out for you all
2: yeah we we were definitely like very hands-off like it was it was not our movie, like Chelsea, it's Chelsea made made the movie. So, um, like, I, I think part of it was we didn't want to we didn't want to feel like or we didn't want it to feel like you know as a band we we're making a movie about ourselves. Like, we we would that's really not our style. So, um, we we really took a, a backseat to to the filmmaking process, uh, and then just supported Chelsea where we could. Um, and so we didn't really see a, a ton of cuts. Uh, we saw a rough cut after the whole film had been put together, um, which I think was like two hours long or two <laughs> two two and a half hours. It was quite a, a much longer film. Um, and then, and then after that, I think we saw maybe one more cut and then final. So it was kind of like each time we saw it, we're like, wow, that was That was a, that was really good.
1: Good job. (laughs) Yeah. Good job. That's easy. Less stress on you. Huh, Chelsea?
2: Yeah. It's just like, yeah, just keep, you know, the, the most, uh, supportive, you know, probably the most annoying thing for anyone to say to a creative person is like, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. (laughs)
0: Right.
3: Yeah, they were they were always so supportive, but you know, I mean, but also sometimes even frustratingly just took such a far back seat. <laughs> but it was <laughs> yeah. great. I mean, because the truth is they gave me access. So if I asked for something, say, you know, photos or, you know, I, I mean, one of the ways that I found Cassidy in the first place was I just was asking Sean. I was just like asking Sean about, you know, bands that he had interacted with. I really wanted um a, a woman from the scene to speak to, um, that side of the music industry and, um, you know, not to, not to be too damning, but like pop punk wasn't super great about supporting women at, at that time. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it was hard to just find somebody if I'm hundred percent honest. <laughs> Where so,
0: are the women? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. like, I know that
3: women in music exist, but like that specific warp tour scene, you know, wasn't super great at it at that time. And so um, I asked Sean, I was like, where are the women? Like, is there anybody that you can remember from tour? And he, you know, clued me into Cassidy. But like, it was all all that support of, you know, Matt was the one who gave me like the contact list. Like John was the one who just like, you know, got me connected with his mom and got me all those tap dancing tapes, you know, and like... Which were awesome. Yes.
0: Which were so great. There's so many of them, you guys. Oh. And,
3: you know, Justin's uh, Justin's family gave me a bunch of photos and, you know, they gave me access to all their parents and it was, you know, they yeah, never... Yes, love the parents. Yeah. So good. Like they never gave me a... They were never a barrier, but they were never like participating in the story, you know? Yeah. And It was I, kind of it, like
2: yeah. dropping a box on on her desk and being like, well, let us know what you find. <laughs> Literally.
3: Um, but and, but there was a point too, where Justin did help out a little bit with, um, uh, not with the animation, but with providing and like preparing some of the files for our animator. Um, so, you know, little things like that, where, you know, it's a little matches specific.
1: <laughs> yeah, it helps to have a resident artist uh, yeah, as one no of your kidding. subjects. Yeah. It's, it's surprising to me that the band was able to kind of release it because you were so hands-on with everything having to do with your career from the promoting to the artwork which i would love to get to also Um, but a couple of things that really that i really took away from this film was this idea of this band that really had everything. You had all the check marks and and still, you know, it was hard for you to make it. But I I think that's why this documentary is so important, to see that there's stories like this and and hopefully people will take lessons uh, and and learn, you know, have some food for thought if they're trying to take this same path. Um, So just redefining this idea of what success means, you know, was this band successful? Of course, maybe not to the scale of others, but this documentary proves that you were. And and another thing that I thought was that I really took from it was the four main guys, you know, you all wanted the same thing at the same time, but your arcs at the end, you're all in such different places now. So it just puts a lot of perspective on on your life and, and what you think you want and where you end up. So um Chelsea, I would love to hear, you know, what what you've taken from from this experience in the band's story and just in how the documentary has kind of given you perspective on on your life as well. I mean, I kind of had
3: my own little matches journey, you know, it took six years to make this film. I fell into, you know, serendipitously, ironically, into a lot of the same pitfalls, you know, of just like having to learn hard lessons as an artist, because when you do kind of go into this DIY world and, you know, you are fighting to get something made. Um, you know, there's a lot of sharks in the waters. And there's a lot of people who, um, you know, maybe approach you to support you with not the best intentions. But there's also that, um, you know, that kind of blind faith in yourself that isn't always the most, you know, um, the best points north thing, you know, you got to surround yourself with people who you trust people who have the same goals as you and people who like, um, who, you know, being a director, it's like you're basically assembling Avengers, you want people who are like stronger and better than you in a lot of ways, but who can all like, you know, feed into your vision. And I had a very clear vision for this film. And so, um, you know, I knew I wanted to tell a story that was uniquely the matches but was also telling this bigger story of like the journey of the artist in the digital era is like, while, you know, the story is unique to the matches. It's like not a unique story. And it's something that happened to so many artists and so many bands still today. And um, you know, it can apply to filmmakers too. Like anybody who's trying to follow a dream, there's just so much work that goes into it and you might not, you know, like being the Mark Hoppus or becoming a Nick Hexum, like that's a lottery ticket these days like the chances it, it you know you can have everything working in your favor and it still just might not work out but there's a different um, you know for me too like trying to understand and like set expectations around success I think that that's like the healthiest thing that you can do as an artist is to like recognize that being able to create and have an audience, no matter how big that audience is, is so is so crucial to that process. And so, you know, as cathartic as it was for the matches, I feel like to, you know, recognize that, um, you know, there, there were a bunch of learnings from their career experience, but to know that the ethos that they carried throughout their career was something that carried forward, you know, long after their career and is something that like gave them a place and a space to return to. And that's, you know, I feel like that is success, you know and um, it's, you know, there is a narrative in our world especially in a capitalist society that like, it's just all up, 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 you know but that's just not how life is and that's not how careers go and, and being able to understand the highs and lows of a career is so important as an artist or or anyone in any industry. So yeah, I mean, it's, I could go on for a while that I don't mean to, to rant, take up the time, but um, you know, it was, it was funny how in parallel, some of my own learnings of my own career and experience were to the matches, even though I was, you know, telling the story objectively and subjectively experiencing my own um, mm-hmm. kind of journey. So.
2: For us as a band, like um, I think look, looking back, it was a pretty like special moment. Uh, Cause you have, yeah, you have, you know, all this group of people to support for, for people that, you know, for a small, a small period of time, like all of their kind of goals and dreams align in the same direction. So, you know, it's like, how, how many, it's, it's kind of hard to get, you know, four people together and be like, well, let's commit for the next 10 years and, you know, make no money and just focus on making our own art. Um, And so, uh, you know, that was, that was, i mean it's pretty incredible to be able to keep that going for as long as we did um especially now because yeah now it's everybody's kind of gone off in such crazy crazy directions completely different directions so it's like the fact we we were able to align for so long kind of i think is pretty incredible and um and it's it's i think it's interesting i don't think most people would say this but like working working in a band it, like really kind of taught me about like work ethic and like keeping your nose down and like working really hard to, cause it's not, it's not like something like, Oh, I'm just going to go do this today. It's you think about like making a record, you're like, okay, well I have, you know, the next year is, you know, writing, recording, producing art production. Like it's, it's like you start looking at these like really long-term goals and it's like, um, Really about like little little steps along these like long goals, and I think that's something that I've carried forward, and I try and try and uh, apply to my day to day life, and you know kind of think have a a better kind of like bird's eye view of long-term focus versus like you know what's immediately in front of me
1: well well, thank you both so much for being here we loved the documentary Mm -hmm. and again we love having oakland on the map again and uh thank you so much chelsea krister and justin sansusi from bleeding audio we love the documentary and congratulations on making it into slam dance 2021
0: well
2: thank you so much
1: awesome thank you guys thank you